Good morning, everyone. Uh, today's reading is from Joshua, one verse, chapter 1, verse 1 to 13, and it's on page 331 of the Church Bibles. The Lord commands Joshua, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I have promised Moses. Your territories will, expand, it will extend from the desert to Lebanon, and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite countries to the great sea, on to the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave for you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your supplies ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go into and take possession of the land your God is giving you for your own. But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Josiah said, remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you. The Lord, your God, is giving you rest and has granted you this land. that as far as I was going? Thank you. <laughs> Help us, O oh God, to hear your word with attention and understanding, and so write its message on our hearts that its power may be manifest in our lives for the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we stand on the brink of the rest of today and all of our tomorrows. How do we feel about that? Excited? Daunted? Terrified? Confident? Hopeful? What can we learn from looking at the life and example of Joshua? What did God say to Joshua 
And what is God saying to us? Joshua was with the people of God who were rescued from slavery in Egypt. After the initial excitement of being freed from slavery came the period of trepidation and fear. Even looking back fondly on their lives as slaves because of the discomfort of the wilderness. There they took their eyes off God. They began to wander aimlessly. They needed direction. Above all, they needed the direction of God. Their leader, <coughs> their leader Moses, turned to God. God heard and supplied water to drink and food to eat. God promised to be with his people. During this time, Joshua became an assistant to Moses. And during that time, God granted Joshua a great victory in battle against the Amalekites. It was God's victory. And Joshua recognized that it was God's victory and that he was dependent on the word of the Lord and on the prayers of his people. The way forward needed to be God's way. They got it wrong in the wilderness, and when they went God's way, they were tended to lovingly. Joshua accompanied Moses on Mount Sinai. On the mountaintop, he would have witnessed the awesomeness of God, the holiness of God that we were talking about last week. This would have made a, a great impression on him, and he would have been the first to acknowledge his need of the strength and power of God. God gave them the law and promised blessing to his people if they could trust and follow him. The time came when God would have led his people into the promised land. But the twelve who entered into a reconnaissance of mission were too fearful to put their trust in God. Only Joshua and Caleb wanted to go on. Joshua and Caleb did not want to fear the Canaanites, but rather to trust God's promise and his presence with them. Yet the doubters prevailed, and Israel was consigned to the tragedy of 40 more years in the wilderness. Moses looked to God to find a successor who would shepherd the flock of God's people. And God's answer is immediate. Take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand on him. Accordingly, Joshua is publicly commissioned with some of the authority Moses had. God calls Joshua to be strong and courageous, not fearful or easily discouraged because of the sure and certain promises of God. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, it is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. 
Why can't God's people believe that? God anoints each one of us for our individual and collective ministries. Let us be encouraged as with Joshua. He will be with you. He will be with us. He will not leave us or forsake us. Joshua has to learn how to be a leader. But much more so, he needs to learn how totally dependent on God that he is. For that, he needs to learn the character of God on whom he must depend. It's quite clear that Joshua is far from being a person of superhuman qualities, like most of us. <laughs> Otherwise, would he have needed so constantly to be exhorted, be strong and courageous? This doesn't seem to indicate that Joshua was a natural for leadership. But this was not an unusual selection for God, who often chooses the foolish, the weak, the despised, and, as it says in 1 Corinthians, even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are. God chooses us. However humble we are, God chooses us to work for him in the wilderness of our current days. Because of Joshua's obedience, the Lord gave Israel the land. Every one of his promises was fulfilled. At the end of chapter 21 of Joshua, it says, not, not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled. Joshua had to lead the people dependent on the written word and the spirit of wisdom, just as Christian leaders need to do today. When we face the daunting task of reaching the people around us with the good news of Jesus, our equivalent dependence on the word of God in the hands of the spirit of God to accomplish the work of God is just as vital. That is our only means of advance. So as we learn from the book of Joshua, we're not dealing with ancient history. The living God who rules all of history for the accomplishment of his eternal purposes of grace and glory is available to each one of us. <clears throat> If we are to be the people of those purposes in our desperately needy generation, and I think we can all know the neediness that is around us, we shall need to learn well the lessons of this book and put them into practice. God said, keep this book of law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written, it, written in it, then you will be prosperous and successful. That's all we need to do. Meditate day and night. 
I've got a wee book here that's uh, it's mentioned in the foreword of, uh, of the book we're taking sermons from. It's called Eat This Book by Eugene Peterson. It was lying in my study and my granddaughter walked in and said, Eat this book? Can I? Is it edible? And I had to explain to her, there is something special about each one of us who have accepted Jesus into our hearts that needs to be fed. And how do we feed that presence of holiness in our lives? We meditate on the book of the law day and night, the book of uh, God's Word. Eugene, in his book, bases a lot of what he says on Revelation chapter 10. I took the little scroll from the angel's hands and ate it. It tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. But when I had eaten it, my stomach turned sour. So when we meditate on God's Word, we taste, we chew, we savor, we swallow, we digest both sweetness and sour. God's Word is relevant for us from times of inexpressible joy to the depths of our despair, from sweetness to sourness. Day and night, that's quite hard, isn't it? Some things that help us do that. Spiritual songs. I've got a whole load of songs I listen to that lift my heart. And most of them are based on God's Word. So listening to these songs help me to ponder. And as we walk and listen, when I do walk, I have my... Uh, iPod with me, and I listen. And as I walk, my spirits are lifted by the Word of God. How else? Daily bread, which I used when I was a bit younger, or um, helpful Bible notes. Study Bible. I've got a study Bible with me this morning. Quite easy to carry with you. It's fantastic, this. Fantastic. And it helps us understand God's Word. It's other people's understanding of it. But most times, if you read a reliable study Bible, then it can be really helpful to us. We can read books like Eat This Book. We can go to small groups and meditate on the Word together so that we can understand it together, so we can tease out the meaning, so that we can work out how it should affect our lives. Commentaries. If I was to bring a, a commentary of the whole Bible, it would have weighed me down. But I have brought commentary with me this morning. It's hidden in my pocket. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Most of us have got one of these. What a great, if I'd have one of these when I was younger, it would have been fabulous having God's Word. Loads of versions of God's Word in there. Loads of commentaries. Loads of books that I can read. All sorts of things. 
that I can carry about with me and use it in a special quiet moment. Hopefully, most of us have a special place to ponder and meditate at home. Mine is my uh, armchair, which uh, goes up and down. Fortunately, I didn't, one that, didn't get one that pushes me out as well. But, but it's a time when you can uh, ponder in a special place. One of my special places is in bed while I'm sleeping. Very often, God speaks to me when I'm in bed. Even when I'm asleep, <laughs> he can do anything, you know. And I get messages from God, and he tells me about things that I've been pondering on during the day. And during the night, he helps me meditate on it more. Quite often, when I get up in the morning, I have to rush to my study and write down things, because it's easy to forget. This book here tells us to receive God's Word. Use your imagination about that Word, and then participate. Do something. You must be in the game, not just spectators, but players. What I like about Eugene Peter, and I've got quite a few of his books, is his language. I'd like to read to you a couple of quick quotes from this book. What we must never be encouraged to do, although all of us are guilty of it over and over, is to force Scripture to fit our experience. Our experience is too small. It's like trying to put an ocean into a thimble. What we want is to fit into the world revealed by Scripture, to swim in this vast ocean. And then, look at the world with childlike wonder, ready to be startled into surprise delight by the profuse abundance of truth and beauty and goodness that is spilling out of the skies at every moment. For, the, for me, that sums up God's Word. Over and over, when we read God's Word, these things spill out to us. We are part of something very, very special, and we are lifted by it. Nevertheless, despite all of the faithfulness of Joshua, the lack of faith of the people led to the fullness of the promises of God by being delayed. The full rest of the people the peace that was promised in that verse 13. Only we'd be granted through the sacrifice of Jesus, God's Son. The full fruition of what God promises, promised had to wait for its completion until the Messiah came. Sorry, if I don't do this, I'll lose my voice. And you wouldn't want that, would you? <clears throat> Joshua is told, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. It's said three times. And that's how the Bible stresses something important. So we must realize that it's important for us to be strong, 
and courageous. Often we'll need God's help with that. Like those at Pentecost, they became strong and courageous by receiving the Holy Spirit. Verse 7 tells us that strength and courage are directly dependent on careful, detailed obedience to the written Word of God. Joshua is to be under the authority of God, mediated by his written Word, as is every believer who comes, who has become the recipient of direct revelation through God's Word. In this sense, Joshua stands with us and for us as we face the spiritual battles and challenges of our time. Obedience to God's direction keeps the channels of grace open so that we can receive from God, so that goals can be achieved, so that ministries can be effective, so that God's purposes are fulfilled. That means for us a deep and detailed acquaintance with the content of God's revelation. Day and night is to be the subject of Joshua's meditation. It means quite simply there is never a moment when whatever decision has to be made that the Word of God is not our guide. The wonderful, amazing, free gift of faith and salvation can only come to completeness when we step forward in faith. We are called to say yes to God's resources, His grace and power, His constant presence, and take them to the exact point of our need. This is the source of strength and courage. Ephesians 6, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And you all know what follows. We need to stand in God's strength and put on... <laughs> I knew you would know that. And in 2 Timothy, it says, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And in what Paul's wonderful letter to the Philippians, I can do all things through him who strengthens me, through him. One of my favorite verses, I'll probably say this a few times to you over the next few weeks, is nothing is impossible with me. There are plenty of things that are impossible for us, but not with God with us. We must decide. We must decide the direction in which our lives have to go. Do we remain in the wilderness? Do we remain going in circles in our life? Joshua says to the people in Joshua 24, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Says someone else, if Jehovah be the Lord, follow him. People succeed when they are faithful. Caleb and Joshua were blessed for their faithfulness. God promises 
promise never to fail or abandon Joshua. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. This is the promise that God makes to us. Each one of us as individuals and for your church here in Southbourne as you look to the future. And as you look to the future, are you excited? Are you fearful? God is saying, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. We must trust God as we move, move forward today and in the days beyond. Because of fear and unbelief, Israel had refused to enter the promised land 40 years before they actually did. We can't afford that in our lives. <laughs> we can't afford to wait 40 years on what God is wanting us to do. How much has our fear and unbelief stopped us from going forward? Not just into doing what God wants us to do, but into his promised blessings. If we are faithful to God, he is faithful to us and blesses us. Without God, life can be frightening. With God, it can be a great adventure. Joshua went to capture the city of Jericho. If you know the story, God says, go around it a few times. I think it was seven. I'm not too sure. <laughs> but it must have looked silly going round and round Jericho. And the people on the walls, oh, these people are stupid. Perhaps people say that about us when we stand for Christ in our lives. But we stand because that's the right thing to do. Joshua was obedient, and what happened? The walls, the barrier crumbled. Barriers in our lives crumble when we trust and when we are faithful and obedient. We stand on the brink of the rest of today and all our tomorrows. How do we feel? Excited? Daunted? Terrified? Confident? Hopeful? As we go forward, we must allow God's Word to be a lamp to our feet. As we decide to follow the way of Jesus, we need to be strong and courageous and benefit from his promise, I will be with you. When God had threatened to withdraw his presence from his people after the incident of the golden calf, Moses pleaded eloquently and persuasively that if God were to desert his people, they would lose everything that was distinctive about them. Moses said, if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. 
As God forgives his people, the prodigal son, each one of us, let us trust in his promises. This was what makes God's people unique. And God graciously assured Joshua that this blessing will be his as well. He will never let him down and will never let him go. An assurance that is equally our own, sealed with the blood of Christ's cross. It is wonderful. It is a wonderful strength to know that the Lord is more committed to his people than we can ever be to him. Matthew's gospel finishes with these words. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That's still the promise of Jesus to his missionary church. We'll sing later, I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me with thy powerful hand. Bread of heaven, feed me now and evermore. I think we're going to sing a song now. <laughs>